Welcome back to another edition of Official Word Sports. I'm Vince, and I'm here with my co-host, Stevie D. Stevie D, how are you? Good. How are you? You know, I'm okay. I, I am okay. I'm a little dismayed, I think, in some of the news that is coming out uh, with regards to the NFL. All right? I don't know which one to jump into first. Um I think the one that really bugged me, and they both are, they're both right there, right? The one that bugs me is Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers decided that he was going to, hey, Dana, welcome, welcome. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers bugs me because he tested positive for COVID, right? But it's not the fact that he tested positive for COVID. Right, we get that. It can happen. It can happen to the vaccinated and the unvaxxed. Right. The problem with Rogers is that he lied. He misled the fans. He misled his teammates. He misled his, the organization. He misled the NFL. And yes, thank you, Dana, uh, sporting the new lid right here, the official word sports logo up top. Oh, yeah. You know, I feel like I'm a runway model right now. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, let me twirl around a little bit. Give me a little of that. No, but Stevie D, he misled everybody, right? It, it's a narcissistic type. Well, that's like, Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, absolutely. He is. And, uh, and, and, and then it came out – well, and, and thank you again, David. I, it's hard to get started. Dana's right. These are for sale. <laughs> Would you like your own personalized official word sports hat? We, we can make it happen. <laughs> but no, in, in, in all fairness, um, th think of what the ramifications could be, right? They, the NFL already told us before the season started. You know what an unvaxxed player and you know the potential spread and what could happen to a team. You know forfeiture of games, right? Monies that could be lost from the from the franchise and the organization. And you just take it upon yourself. Be a man. At least for for all of the hate, and it wasn't true hate, but all of the hate given to Cole Beasley, he stood there like a man and said, "No, I'm not doing it." Right. Love me or hate me, I'm not doing it. Aaron Rodgers, like a little, like a little, uh, this is this is a family friendly show, is going to come out there and say, "Oh yeah, I got vaxxed." Yeah. Well, he didn't say that word. He used the word immunia, immunia, uh, uh, immunized. Yeah, but what's interesting is, you know, that's a big fu. He did a big fu to everybody, right? I am bigger than the sport. F you, right? The protocols to wear the to wear the mask if you're unvaccinated during the preseason on the sidelines. You're supposed to do it, right? Then the Packers are coming out and say, "Well, he wore the mask in every meeting." No, I don't. I don't believe that for one second. That Not enough. And you know what? I'm sure there's video cameras in that building and prove it to me that he wore that mask. Right? He didn't wear it on the sideline when he right. didn't play. Right. Well, I right. I said that earlier, and, and it's like. If he's not going to wear it on the sideline when the cameras are there, he's not wearing it in, in the building, and nobody's going to enforce it in the building. Well, let's call it what it is. I mean, what? Well, come on, play. You can't play a player, player, right? <laughs> we all know. So you, you guys can come up with your fancy lies, but we know. And 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 now I really want to see the NFL because you can't come down on Aaron Rodgers. I don't think there's a penalty there for that. But now the NFL has to come down heavily on a draft pick for the Green Bay Packers. They got to be heavy with a draft pick because the money, the money's the money. I mean, you find them a million dollars, please. Let me go on my wall and pull out a $10 bill, right? I mean, it's. Yeah, but but look at look at the situation we're in. Look, look at the situation. Green Bay arguably is one of the top teams in the NFC, right? Rodgers, now, again, he, he got, he got, he tested positive for COVID, right? There's nothing you can do about that. But now you have two games that are coming up and definitely going to miss one, potentially the second, and we don't know how bad it is. 
Right. Well, that, I mean, that's that's I mean, that's on you know the Green Bay Packers. I mean, that's that's thing, that's that's their problem, right? They created this part of this mess in the house. I mean, look, a player can test positive. I think the argument's more of you lacked the COVID protocols and you did the big to everybody, right? I'm bigger than the game. I'm going to do what I want. You can't touch me, and I'm just going to do it. And, and that's what he did. And now he's got egg all over his face. But the Green Bay Packers are going to pay for that mistake because there's no way that the NFL, when they conduct an investigation, at the end of the day, he broke a rule. He's not vaccinated, and he was on the sideline. They have tape of it. So he's already broken that. And the Green Bay Packers come out and say all they want about he wore a mask. There's video cameras in the building. I don't know how long they go back for. But if you really wanted to see if he wore a mask, you go back to two weeks. I think everybody at least keeps two weeks on the tape. I'm sure he's not wearing a mask in the building. So, so they're going to have him there. So I, I would be very curious as to what the NFL does. You know, is there is there any type of penalty, any type of sanction? Well, the sanction is going to be against Green Bay from what I was hearing today that you can't penalize the player, which I don't agree with. I don't know how you cannot penalize the player. Well, they, they took a, book, a page out of the book from MLB. Oh, you give everybody meaning if they talk? Yeah. <laughs> and then allow you to go to the World Series a year and a half later. That, that's the page they took. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think only time will tell, right? It, you know, we're, it's, we're still very early. Um, you know, you, you have contract contact tracing, right? What does that do to the quarterback group? What does that do to Jordan Love, right? Is Jordan Love now, you know, who was the heir apparent? Is he screwed of his chance to be able to get that start? In all honesty, in all honesty, I, I don't I don't care about Justin Love. I really don't care the missed opportunity. You know what I want to have happen? I want the Green Bay Packers to be able to be forced to uh, forfeit the game against Kansas City. Then Aaron Rodgers has to then tell all the players that are not vaccinated on the team why they're not getting a game check. Fair. I want Aaron Rodgers to feel that pain in the clubhouse. Fair. That's you know Jordan Love, you're going to get your time because even if you go and throw five touchdowns and 350 yards, you're not up. You know you're not taking away his job. You just insured your second contract when Aaron Rodgers retires and they want to move on. For me, I want to see Aaron Rodgers feel that pain of thinking that he's bigger than the league. And the only way for them to feel that pain is for the, for this team have to forfeit a game. Now they're out of the one seed. Now they got to fight to get back to the one seed and all anybody who's unvaccinated that's on the 53 do not get paid. Vaccinated players get paid. Unvaccinated players don't. Now that you heard it, Roger, you heard it, Roger. So we'll, we'll, Time will tell. We'll we'll see what happens. The other, as I said, Stevie D, you know, one one A. Well, I, I think I don't know if I consider one one A because this one is really off the field, and I mean, when somebody dies, I think it takes a little bit of, of precedence over that. Um, and and we're, right now, we're just talking about the former wide receiver of the, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, and, and that's Henry Ruggs the uh, third. You know, that, that news broke the other day, um, driving at night, about 3.30 in the morning, he rear-ends a car, car goes up in flames. Unfortunately, the person in that car and the dog died in that car. Today, you know, it comes out that he was doing 156 miles an hour on the main road streetlights, 156 miles an hour when he rear-ended that car. He's lucky he's still alive. But his NFL they're, they're the ones that are always still alive. They're, they're the ones that always survive. Right. Right. Uh, it, it, it's just mind-boggling with all Twice the protocols the, the NFL has. Twice the legal limit. Right. Try, thank you. Twice the legal limit. Right. And all the protocols the NFL has that he was not – I don't want to say players because I'm sure it, it happens, right? We hear a couple of cases that you're not somebody dying but somebody getting arrested. But – with all everything that's at your disposal, one the NFL. I think each team provides you that service, car service, if you need it. It's anonymous, and it's oh, anonymous too. Oh, oh, I don't know that to be true. We're I, because somebody I know that played in the league made a comment on that, and somebody uh, there was like a little a little back and forth, and somebody said, 
don't the teams provide that? And you said no. But even if they don't. Maybe some do on their own. Maybe, okay, I could be wrong. Maybe some teams do because it's worth having that. You pay right. a company, you know, $20,000 a year during the football season, whether they use it or not, to be on call every day for rides, right? I don't know. But uh, um, but Uber, Lyft, taxis, limos, whatever the case may be, you you have all the money in the world. Well, and that's what the person was putting, right? Think about it. Ruggs was making millions, millions, right? Nobody's denying him the opportunity to go out, have a good time, do That's whatever right. you want to do, That's right? right. Uh, but you look at the cost, even if you wanted to go in style, say you didn't want to do, um, you know, Uber or Lyft, and you could get like the black Uber, which is like the Escalade blacked out, and it's only cost you a couple hundred dollars, but you could go get a limo, right? Go get yourself a driver, right? I, I, I'm talking to somebody right here who has his own driver when he decides to go to the airport. Yep. Oh, yeah, I see a smile. <laughs> I got my designated driver <laughs> But you, you, you get the driver, right? It, it, what is that going to hurt, right? Just because you, you want to floss it in your Corvette? Well, floss it, floss it in, you know, uh, a Bentley uh, limo, right, with a driver, right? Come on, James, let's roll. Right? Ring the bell. Let's go. Absolutely. You can have the whole thing. Plus, you can be sipping cocktails while you're in the back of it, right? Sit to your heart's content. And, and you know that you're getting back safely, and you know that you're not jeopardizing yourself or anybody else in the room. I, I have very little respect for those that, that uh, drive drunk. I really don't. Even if you think, I'm okay, right? I can make it. Because you are impaired, right? Your reaction time is off, right? And things happen. And you may not mean for something to happen. Sure. I don't but, get that intent. But when you get behind the wheel, I don't want to hear I didn't mean. Because you could have stopped it by not getting behind the wheel. And now you look at everything. I mean, first of all, to your point, your earlier point, a life is lost. Right. And, and also the, the dog that was in the car. But the life is lost. Right. Senseless. Then you look at you just got released and you lost all that money. All that money. You worked so hard from the time that you were in Pop Warner and Pee Wee all the way through high school, college. You made it to the pros. You signed the contract. Right. All that gone. You were actually an up and coming and regarded as a as a legitimate wide receiver. You weren't one of those just speed guys that a team drafted. You were a legitimate wide receiver, which meant that you had a career, right? You had more than just playing those first three games. Gone. Right? The car that you had, gone. <laughs> right? Anything, any semblance of life, gone. You're a felon, right? There's no way you're out of this. You're a convicted felon. You're gonna spend time in prison. And for the rest of your life, you're going to have to think about what you did. How much fun was that party? How much fun was it really going out? Now that you think about it, hindsight being 2020, but really, how much fun was it? Was it worth it? I, I have no respect for it. None. Yeah, you know, it for me personally, in my personal life, um, you know, it was an opportunity to help educate my son, who's now 16 and a half, and he's driving. And, you know, as you get older, you know, you're going to be in certain situations. And, and it was a it was a lesson that I could take a time out. And we had a conversation, multiple conversations, which was really great two way conversation about it. We traded some text too when some of the information came out and he was just, you know, he, he just couldn't believe, you know, 156 miles an hour side roads. Right. The whole nine. And we just had a really good conversation. And, and unfortunately, the gentleman who died, if this helps other kids growing up somehow where parents are able to talk to their kids about the dangers of, of drinking and driving and, and what could happen and uh, maybe something good comes out of the man's death, uh, which is a hard price to pay. But, you know, unfortunately, Henry Ruggs being a former football player, now we have to call him a former football player, right? Because he's not on the contract. It, 
it gets more attention than if it was just a regular person driving drunk mm -hmm. leaving a pub, right? And so sure. my son being in the sports, being in the football, this kind of hits more home to him because it's somebody like, oh, my God, he was making how many millions of dollars and now it's all gone. Like it's just gone. And, and this is what happens. I said, now he's going to, it's going to go probably two to 20. And now that the details are coming out at 156 miles an hour, twice the legal limit, it's not going to be the two years. It probably won't be the 20, but he may get 10. Double that, right. I mean, that, that's, I mean, that's create 156 miles, 156 miles an hour. That is, uh, on side streets, not even on a highway. When you when you think it's more open road, just even if the guy was sober on a normal day at one fifty six, it, it's hard to fathom. You're doing it where you have traffic lights. It's, so CBD, you do you remember uh, probably the last big case of drunken driving where it killed somebody? There was a football player for the Cowboys. Well, you, I like yeah, that the one I'm thinking about happened in Miami. Dante Stallworth. Okay, so that one was definitely newer than the one I'm. I think I'm referring to, where I think he killed a friend. The one in, with Dallas. Okay, no, I, I'm just talking about Stallworth and and Stallworth again. There's no excuse for drinking and driving. Completely different situation, right? Lost his career, right? He, you know, I haven't seen or heard from Rugs. No, oh, I haven't heard or seen a Stallworth since it happened. Like, but from from. Dante Stallworth, when he had his, from that moment that it happened, he showed so much remorse, right? Rug stayed on the scene. Good for you. I guess you sobered up really quick to do the right thing, right? But still, I haven't heard any, and maybe lawyers are telling him, don't say anything, right? And so I, I don't want to completely go in on him, but I know he, he did not say... Uh, you know, I have to take this all on me. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for the, the life that was lost. I made a very, very irresponsible decision. Maybe we hear that after. Yeah, I think I the attorneys are involved. Just be quiet because I think – I don't know what the details around Dante Stallworth just because it's been years and years since it's happened, right? So at 156 miles an hour, twice the legal limit – I don't know what he can come out and say that could help his case. So I think his attorneys are just saying quiet and let the legal system play out. It's going to be benefit you in the long run. You're already in enough hot water. Um, it, it's, you know, it, it's like I tried to explain to my son. It's like three hours earlier, he's having the time of his life. He's yeah, starting wide receiver for the Raiders. Everything is great. Everybody knows who he is in the club. Right. And, and, and he, he's the guy. And then, bam, one decision in life changed the whole trajectory of this young man's life. It's, it's now totally changed. And in a split in a split incident, that's where I try to, you know, you, you talk to young kids and say, man, not, not, not just this scenario, any scenario, think before you act because it has dire consequences when you don't. And, what do we and, say all the time? Yeah. Risk first report is one of them. Yeah. There it is, right? 100%. All right, Stevie D. Let, let let's let's move away from that, and you know, obviously, we'll be following that, and that's going to stay uh, very prominent in the news. So we'll be bringing that topic back up. Uh, but let's go to another wide receiver. Right, this is wide receiver day. Let's go to OBJ. Right, I I got issues with this whole thing. I have issues with this whole thing. Right, I have issues with the Cleveland Browns brass. As to what they're doing, I have questions into OBJ. What are you doing? I, I we said we said when this first happened that that this isn't going to work, right? And, and now it's coming to fruition. I I have nothing for you, right? The problem I have is why is OBJ still a Cleveland Brown today, right? If somebody can answer me that question. Because the trade deadline was yesterday at 4 o'clock. Of all the trades, and there weren't a whole lot, but of all the trades that I expected to see was the Jets trade for Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> I know you don't want him, but that's it. I expected Odell to be traded, 
right? Not let it carry on past the trade deadline. Have your father come out and start talking junk about the Browns and about your situation. Not having the fans and part of the front office firing back, right? So now all of a sudden we have this cold war, right? There's this huge standoff that we know is not going to end well, right? And now I hear Kevin Stefanski basically says, you know, Odell is really not – don't consider him part of the team anymore. Well, I shouldn't have considered him part of the team at 3.59 p.m. yesterday because you should have traded him. You could have got anything. You could have got a fifth or a sixth or a conditional seventh. I'll take a conditional seventh DVD than just to release him outright. So it's interesting, right? One, did they have a trade on the table? We don't know. Maybe they did. Find, find one. There's all. They, I'm, I'm sure the Detroit Lions could use them, right? Right. So the Lions, I mean, the Cowboys would trade for them. You, I, I don't know. Right? You know, when you think about this, when you think about a winning franchise, and the Cowboys are not a winning franchise; they're just winning right now, right? Cowboys to me, have, they're whatever, but they're they're six and one right now. I think is their record. And, but Jerry likes that kind of stuff. Yeah, he does. But you know what? Maybe he's finally realized. I can't do that. Maybe okay. he's seen what happened with the Giants and with the Browns, and do I want to bring that distraction into a winning clubhouse right now? Then go to Indianapolis. Ursay loves that kind of stuff. Well, he can go to Indianapolis on Friday. Well, he can't, but he could have gone there for a six-round pick, a conditional seventh-round pick. Right. But, but again, when somebody is labeled a problem child, do you want to bring that problem child into your locker room? Like somebody gets Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon has been suspended by the league uh, 59 times in eight years. Okay. Somebody's going to take a chance on him year time after time after time, because he's got the talent and it's a drug problem or an alcohol problem. They're going to give it that try. Josh Gordon is not known to be a clubhouse problem. Correct. So Correct. I think the difference is, is do you want to bring that into your locker room? You would have to have a pretty darn strong locker room to be able to withstand that distraction. No, no. You know why? Because to the same extent of the, the drug or alcohol problem, every owner, every coach, every GM says, there it is. There it is. There is. If you look at the other 31 GMs that are out there, you just pick up the phone and say, hey, are you interested? Okay. So let's take that theory. I like it. Right? Let's take that theory. Now go to before the season started or after the season. Now trades are happening in the offseason. You can make trades. Now you make the trade for OBJ because now you have time to fit him into the OTAs and training camp and have him work with the players and, and get something going on. Making a trade midseason, maybe they feel, well, my team chemistry, it won't work. But if I trade for him in the offseason with OTAs and training camp, maybe they'll all gel and then we can make it work out. I wonder if there's something to that. I hear you. And I'll see you. I'll raise you. <laughs> and I'm about to raise you. Then why cut him midseason? For all intents, it well, he hasn't been cut. He hasn't been cut yet, but it's happening. You and I both know that it's happening, and that's the problem. Don't let that happen. Take care of it. You had the trade deadline. Yeah, yes. If, if you have a trade on the table, you should have taken it. Because let me hey, tell you, people have a lot less for others. Hey, there's my friend. How are we doing, Terry? Hey, Terry. Yeah, exactly. I, Stevie D, I would have taken anything. To me, to me, it epitomizes the Cleveland Browns, right? For all, and, and and I'm not I'm not throwing shots. Oh, it, you're, throwing, you're throwing shots. It may sound like I am, but they they've completely screwed up the quarterback situation, right? They haven't solidified, and and they're kind of stretching Baker on and stretching them on. You haven't had a good quarterback in 30 years. I'm not saying Baker is the second coming of anything, but he's the best of what you've had. I mean, think about it. These, this is the same team that, that had Johnny Manziel and thought that he was going to be great, right? Yeah. And you could go down the list of quarterbacks that they've had, and finally you have somebody, and you're screwing that up. 
right? You, you've screwed up. You, you think going and, and signing Jadavian Clowney that this is some big signing. This is a guy that's gone from team to team to team over the last three to four years. He's not the guy that blew up the running back in, in, in the Outback Bowl or whatever bowl game that was. That's not the guy, right? He's average at best, but you think that he's going to bring out the best in Miles Garrett? There were so many other guys that were out there. They keep making mistakes up and down the line. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. There she is. And Mrs. D, don't worry about the beard. Don't worry. Have no fear. <laughs> Have no fear. You're good. <laughs> I mean, come on. What are you got to do me like that for, Rick? <laughs> well, we, got I mean, a shot. we got a shot on Thursday. I didn't talk about it. Oh, Oh, is that what it is? You keep it as long as you win? As long as we win, it stays. So I thought you were taking a shot that we're going to lose to the Colts, and then it's gone. Well, uh, oh. (laughs) See, the problem with that, Mrs. D, is that means that you're rooting for the top 60 quarterback in the NFL. And we know that that's not going to happen. Your defense is going to get two picks. I hope so. But back to the Browns. They, They have screwed it up. And to me, this is just another example of them screwing up along the way, right? You didn't take care of what you could have. You could have got rid of the distraction. Who knows? A seventh-round pick, maybe it's a six-round pick, right? Right, based on playing. You know why it's a six-round pick? Because your boy was a six-round pick, Right. And, and you see where he is. He's trying to play. You know, this is a family show, but it's going to turn real quickly. <laughs> well, if I was able to finagle that six-round pick in there. <laughs> but in, in all seriousness, we have seen guys that have been in the sixth, fifth round that have made it. Maybe not, right? But at least give it a shot. Get some type of, of value back instead of cutting them. It yeah. makes no sense. It makes no sense, DVD. What's the old saying? The Browns being the Browns. It is. I think Hugh Jackson is is actually calling the shots. You know, that was a Hugh Jackson move. It, it is. <laughs> it is. So, you know, Hugh, we, we haven't talked in, in such a long time. I, I'm so glad that we can resurrect the Hugh Jackson yeah. name. And especially – twice. That's twice now. This, this, this season we've gotten Hugh. Mentioned. Absolutely. And, and keeping it tied to the Cleveland Browns, right? Because that – there were so many great – like, I'm not a big hard knocks guy, right, because I think it's going downhill. However, there have been just a few moments in hard knocks history, like Saragusa and moving the car from the mall and all that. That that was great, right? <laughs> there, there, there have been great nights, you know, when they were, had the rookies and they made them sing and all that. That, that was funny. But nothing beats Hugh Jackson sitting in a meeting – with former NFL coaches at the table saying, you guys haven't sat in this chair before. What are you talking about, right? It's just it, – it was just it, one of those moments. Anyways, Browns being the Browns, welcome Hugh Jackson. So, CBD, we, you know, we're talking about training for, for OBJ. There were a couple trades, you know, some, some small ones. Your boys actually made a deal. Right? Yeah, I thought it was a good trade. Very good trade. You got the doctor. We got the doc. So, you know, is he part of the medical staff or is he part of the offensive line? Well, if we get hurt on the field, Doc, stay on the side. I got it. I got it. And we don't have to we don't have to call the you know the player doesn't have to go out for a play. Right. You so, can be in the huddle and he can sit there and try to diagnose what's going on. Yeah, you know, he waived his no trade clause. I guess he had a no trade clause and he waved it to go to the Jets. Um that's Tardif, the uh, offensive guard from the Chiefs. Um, he um, he hasn't played much. I don't. He's definitely not a starter. Obviously, they retooled the line. He's not a starter. Uh, I think he's going to fit in. The Jets need a little bit of extra O line depth. Uh, uh, we we got George Fan is out this week, but Beckton's still not back, so they needed some O line depth real quick. And we traded him for third, fourth um, string tight end Dan Brown, um, who's decent on special teams, but. When you need the O line depth, you got to get the O line depth. So they pulled the trade. There was a, a, a good trade for the Jets. I don't know what he's really value is going to bring to the Chiefs, Dan Brown, but I think it was more the Chiefs trying to make the player happy 
to give him an opportunity to play. You sure it wasn't a, kind of a wake-up call to Travis Kelsey? <laughs> Let me tell you something. It was a bad fumble. But uh, and, you know. and I think they said, you know, notice given to Mr. Travis Kelsey. Well, well I don't think Dan Brown is going to bring that fear. I'm just going to throw that out there, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, what's interesting, and I I noticed, I mean, it's going to come out of left field. But tell me the Peyton Eli show was not hilarious uh, uh, this week. I wish I had the clip. You so the whole thing is I love I I've been a fan of when they're on there, but nothing and you know where I'm going, you know where I'm going. Nothing beats Peyton sitting there saying, "Yeah, my son's a big Josh Allen fan. Thank you very much for the jersey. Oh, I really appreciate it." And he goes, "And just to let everybody know, he sent him a game warm with grass stained jersey, right?" So everybody's like. You know, hey, that's good, that's good. Then he goes into, oh, by the way, on my kid's flag football team that I coach, Yeah, that was pretty. Fun. my son on the back of his jersey has your name on it. Not the Manning name, not my name, not his grandfather's name, not anybody from the Manning tree, but Josh Allen. He has Jay Allen on the back of it. And so then Josh says, well, you know, do some of the other kids have, like, Beasley and Diggs? Mary's like, no, they have their own names on the back of the jersey. <laughs> now, you know, I guess if you're not a Bills fan, if you're not, if you know, but it was just, you know, listening to Peyton, you know, you just die laughing. You, you yeah. just die laughing. Yeah, it, it was good. I, again, I, I, I picked them up at some point Monday uh, later, and uh, so I got to hear them, and, and uh, it was uh, – it's always fun to see them. And I, honestly, I think that's going to open up the door possibly for other interesting um, telecasts in the future, maybe with Amazon, you know, the online streamers where, you know what, if this really works, maybe I can. I mean, look, Peyton Manning's got a, a really great personality. Eli is very dry, but can be funny at times because he's so dry. Um, the only, right. And I guess it plays well with each other. Uh, I mean, when they cut to the clip of Peyton eating at halftime, <laughs> and he's just shoveling the food in his mouth. I mean, it's just killer stuff. It, it makes you just laugh so hard. And and the only thing that I'll say is that they got to be better at is that they cut each other off. Like Peyton cuts off Eli all the time. Like Peyton, you got to look at the camera. Your brother's talking. Let him finish his thought. And so he's like, "Hey, E, E, hold on. If the, it's the E, no, this, you know." But I think they give great insight, though. Um, you know, and even for the novice football fan, right, you're able to follow what they're talking about, right? They were talking about playing two high safeties, right? And so then they kind of – they didn't always diagram, but you could see that talking about the P, right? Did, did you catch that one? No, they were I did. So, uh, you know, they were talking about the two high safeties playing basically a four-deep zone, and then you had the linebackers come, but it would go into the P zone. And that's that's the opening, so the linebacker were kind of flush into the P zone. Um, but it was it was you know it's always good insight. Peyton, I'm I'm a huge Peyton fan, right? And if anybody wants to hear Peyton at his finest, you have to watch the match where it was Peyton and Brady versus uh, who was it, Tiger and, and Nicholson. Yeah. Oh, you want to talk about comedy at its yeah. finest? Just listen to Peyton. And I'm really surprised Peyton, uh, and maybe that's his choice, hasn't taken one of the bigger gigs, right? I think he wanted to get his feet wet, and I think this is a way for him to get his feet wet. But honestly, I think doing this is going to parlay into another contract, maybe away from ESPN, where he – I mean, I know he did the Peyton places, so I don't know what type of agreement he has, a one, two, three-year contract or whatever – but I really think this could parlay, parlay into a role similar to this where it's not so stuffy in the booth. Yeah. And I really think this is going to bring an angle to to networks or online streamers to hire people like Peyton. And it, it won't work with everybody. you got to have that dynamic personality. But what really works, what's See, great you, about it. Hold on. Am I hearing me and you calling games? Yeah, I think we should do it. Absolutely, right? We should call up the NFL. Let's do it. We'll we'll give you comedy. But, but the other thing that it brings is 
like last night, you you heard Josh Allen was there, Strahan yeah. was there. I think John Stewart. I heard John Stewart was there too. He, he was right. the first one, which was funny too, because <laughs> so I'm sorry, not not to relive the whole thing, but so John Stewart's on first, right? John Stewart is very, he was very dry, right? And he's sitting there just rubbing his head because the Giants are being the Giants, right? And he can't get out of his way. Eli's just like, I can't believe, you know, you get the you get the the turnover. Daniel Jones on the first pass, first play, throws the turnover, and they're just like losing it, right? So as they drive down the field, you know, John Stewart's like, oh yeah, get ready for another pun, another fumble. And they get and they score a touchdown. And John Stewart was so excited. <laughs> he gets up, he starts dancing. <laughs> I saw Strahan uh lose it. And and he was just going off at, at points. I I picked it up around Strahan. Yeah, and I was like, I just think it's really cool that dynamic by bringing in stars to jump in for a series or for a half or for a quarter, whatever the case may be. I think it's genius in that uh, because fans want to see athletes not be scripted, right? Right, right. where you can athletes can be athletes. I mean, we've heard F bombs get dropped. Marshawn Lynch wasn't scripted. But but I think that's what the raw fan wants to hear. I mean, think about it. Do you have more people watching ESPN2 than ESPN or the regular telecast? Right. How how do those guys must feel? Like nobody cares to hear your voice, guys. That's how bad you are. They want to go to ESPN2. Wow. That's a big statement. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so sorry I digressed there, but it, it was it was a pretty good night with the with the uh, it was the, with the telecast. So, so a couple of things I want to touch on. So we we did have the trades. Obviously, your yep. Jets made a trade. Uh, a big and it caught me off guard was the Chiefs making a trade. Um, you know, I did not see this one coming, and I thought it was interesting because prior to the trade, right, you had. Mike Tomlin saying, uh, we want volunteers to be around here, not hostages, right? You know, talking about the Melvin Ingram trade. And that 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 was quite telling, right? That basically was the same as Stefanski saying what he's saying about OBJ. Good for the Steelers. They were able to offload him. Now, I think Melvin Ingram is one heck of a ball player, right? Um, not Doesn't have the same step that he had before with the Chargers, but I think he's still one heck of a ball player. And what I was telling you for that one and the other trades, DVD, you know, right, the, the other big trade was the Von Miller trade, right? And, and the Von Miller trade, that bugged me. That bugged me because I was trying to figure out before all the details came out, how in the world are the Rams paying for all these people, <laughs> right? Because we know Von Miller's contract. We, we know Aaron Donald's contract. You know Matthew Stafford's contract. You know Jalen Ramsey's contract. It's like, how does this happen, right? Every other team is trying to, you know. It's the 49ers math back in the 80s. Absolutely. Well, until you find out that Denver's still playing, paying the Von Miller contract. I was like, what? Both of those, I'm scratching my head. Brandon Bean, love you. You've done a great job. These teams, these players went for – so Von Miller went for two day two picks or a, a day two, a day three pick. It was day, two, like day two picks. Two two day two picks. So that's, that's something you can afford. Melvin Ingram goes for a six-rounder, right? That was a really good trade by the Kansas City Chiefs there. It really was. How do you not make these, right? I could see if you were like, oh, I got to take out this much cap or I got to do this. I mean, they, these are two players that could definitely help you. And I'm thinking, I have the capital, and it's not going to take away my first, second, and third. I don't know. I don't know. Big trades, though, Stevie D. Yeah, you know, the Chiefs trade with Ingram, I wonder if they're hoping that spark that Suggs gave the Chiefs defense back when they won the Super Bowl. Suggs came in and and kind of kind of sparked that, that defense a little bit, I think, had that swag of being a Super Bowl winner. Um, you know, a proven guy, a proven veteran that that he's got all the accolades and people are going to say, I'm going to listen to him. And that kind of really sparked a little bit of that, that Chiefs defense there for the Super Bowl. And I wonder if uh, they're hoping that same type of thing, they, to shake it up, shake up that defense a little bit. 
Um, so only time will tell. Yeah, for sure. There. So a, a non-trade and, you know, something else. Got, and busy week in the NFL this week. Busy, busy week. And, and that is Derrick Henry. So I'm not crying. You don't like <laughs> I'm not crying. Yeah. Because uh, now we're going to see what kind of quarterback Mr. Tannehill is. I mean, luckily for the, the Titans, and if they can change midstream, right, you still have two great wideouts, and that's what you need to start an offense. They're trying to bring in AP, or they brought in AP. Yeah. I, I, I the hamstring to go in, 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 in the second week. Stevie D, how come no call to Shady? Because he runs with the football out, and people just, you know, it's too easy to cross the fumble. I don't know, right? Uh, I can't speak to why Shady, not AP. Um, because neither know. of them are a Derrick Henry in run style. Like, if you were like, I need to have a runner like Derrick Henry, right, you're not going to find the size and speed of Derrick Henry just waiting around. But maybe you could find the size. Right. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I couldn't tell. Maybe somebody there in the coaching staff's got some history with with Adrian Peterson, and and so maybe they felt that he would be a better fit than Shady or some other running backs. So there were talks that uh, the Titans were reaching out to the Jets about a couple of their backs, maybe like a Ty Johnson or or, or Perrine, uh, but no trade was made there. So you know, it could be along the lines that somebody worked with him in Minnesota or Washington, and they said let's bring him in. So for fantasy owners that were riding high with Derrick Henry and getting 40 points a week, <laughs> welcome to my world. <laughs> welcome to my world where you get three points from each player. Just welcome to my world. All right, CBD. We've gone long enough without talking about the man, the myth, the legend, Mike White. Hall of Famer, Mike White. <laughs> I mean, you you want to talk about a whirlwind, right? He gets his first start, has a career game, right? Career game. In his first start in the NFL, he's the NFL Player of the Week. And, oh, by the way, the Hall of Fame is called and says, we want your jersey, cleats, and all this stuff to put into the Hall of Fame and do an exhibit, which got displayed uh, as of today at the Hall of Fame. If he – I don't know how he's not going to crap himself in in, in Indianapolis this week because – all that attention that he's gotten, I wonder where that shift is, you know, the, the focus has shifted away from football to all the extras. But, hey, man, congratulations to that kid, right? He, he got drafted in 18, been with like five, six different organizations since then. USF and, guy. Yes, I did see that. I, I saw a highlight clip of him over at USF, and, and he played, what, West, Western Kentucky or something like that too? I mean, he put up ridiculous numbers in college, right? And he got his opportunity, and he made the most of it. And I thought they had a good game plan for him. Um, and what 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 Salah said after the game, he said, "Look, our game plan really was not anything different." He said, "What happened was our game plan was to go and stretch and go downfield." He says, "But it was covered, and he took the underneath all day. He just took it all day because he was gaining seven yards a pass." So here's the question. Here is the question. Yeah. I haven't been following the New York media. I, I know you have. Why now and why not for the last six weeks? Why now? Why now for what? Uh, uh, I'm not sure I know the question. So why are we seeing an execution of the game plan yeah. now? And you got the guy that you invested the second pick overall. He's 10 times better than this guy who is bounced around and he can't comprehend the offense where no, I, I know what I think. I think Zach Wilson is just trying. He's thinking he's back at BYU where I can sling the ball 40 yard downfield all the time. In the NFL, it doesn't work that way. And so, like I told you what I saw out of Mike White in the relief performance against the Patriots was that he looked at his progressions. If it wasn't there, he went underneath and got yardage. And that's what he did in this game. He 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 looked for the receivers. I mean, there were some throw balls. I mean, aren't, they, your the ball ball. Zach? aren't your coaches saying that to Zach? No, I don't think so. I don't think that's so. That's a problem. Then that's a problem. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't disagree, right? And I think there's a couple things that change. Mike, one, Michael Floor is off the sidelines. This is the first game all year he was not on the sidelines. He went up top. 
He let the quarterback coach run the field. He went up top. Now he's the OC. He's the OC, LaFleur. Right. So our quarterbacks coach stayed on, uh, on the field to work with Mike White, go through the iPad film, you know, what, what was going on, the, the pictures or whatever. And LaFleur was up top. Now, Zach Wilson stayed up top on Sunday next to LaFleur and watched it from up there, which I think is helpful for Zach Wilson. Now, also, they brought in John Beck, the former NFL quarterback, John Beck, for the remainder of the year to work with Zach and help him with his transition. So there's something going on that I think kind of came out this week in the New York media, kind of flushed out with Salah that, to me, it sounded like Zach Wilson is not exactly 100% comfortable. And so they brought in somebody who's a quarterback guru that works with many quarterbacks. Zach Wilson is not. Um, you John Beck is a guru? Well, he works with a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL in the offseason. And so he's got, he's got a clientele that, that he works with. That he helps with. Now I'm not calling him the quarterback whisperer, but that's he's got a he's got a company. That's what he does. He mentors and helps young quarterbacks or quarterbacks. I shouldn't say young. And so they brought him in, and I I do believe that John Beck um, is a, more of a comfort to help Zach Wilson, that, and that's what I believe it to be. So if you look up John Beck, you know what I saw. I'm afraid. No, no, no and, and, and this is in all fairness. You know what I saw. Graduate of BYU. There you go. He's got a connection. So, again, the Jets came out and said he's only here until the end of the year. He, John, John Beck is not a quarterback whisperer. He's not a – I don't see him as – But he well, works with quarterbacks. That's I know, I in, in all fairness, right, some of our best coaches were horrible players. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and up and down in every league, right. And usually the all-stars don't transition well to the sideline. So, in, in all fairness, not not to rail on, on Beck from that perspective, and probably because you sit on the bench most of the time, you talk to the quarterback, you talk to the coaches, right? You you de- you're able to develop it. But I swear it has to be that BYU link, right? The oh, Patriots, there's somebody who we can talk to and help mentor him. Well, he coaches. He he's a private coach for Zach Wilson. So Zach Wilson hires John Beck through John Beck's company to help him. And so now the Jets hired John Beck for the remainder of the year to help him, whatever. There's something going on with Zach Wilson, and John Beck has helped to bridge that gap between Zach Wilson and the New York Jets. That's that's what I really believe that to be. Is that concerning? Sure, it's concerning, right? Uh, Robert Sala also opened up the door of a quarterback controversy of if if Mike White is still doing well, uh, in, in three more weeks or two more weeks when, when Zach Wilson comes back, it's not necessarily Zach Wilson's going to come back on the field. So he opened up that can of worms, which is, you know. Can't say that. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, got to worry about his job. And I don't know if that is to to put Zach Wilson a little bit on notice on a, hey, you got to earn that right to get back on that field, and you're going to have to work your butt off. I, I don't know. But we all know when you start opening up that door and you take a New York media like that, it's going to explode it even more. And, you know, Sala is, um, if you listen to his press conferences, yes, he's charismatic uh, with the press, but, you know, he's also called out the press in his press conference, says, you know what you guys do with these words and how you like to twist things. And, and, he, and he puts them on point uh, in his press conferences that, that I listen to. And it's just going to be interesting. I, I don't know what's going to come out, but, you know, all I know is that it, it's, it's, you know, we got a game Thursday night against the Colts and, you know, I think the Colts are going to throw something at Mike White that he hasn't seen before. Now that there's a little bit on tape, and that's it's going to we'll we'll see what happens. Have no fear. You're playing a top sixty quarterback in. in the- I'm not worried about the top sixty quarterback. I'm worried about him going up against the, the defense of the Colts because the top sixty quarterback that can't control that side of the ball. Uh, but I'll tell you, you know, look. Let's take a second and, and talk about the top sixtieth quarterback. I think it's been three or four weeks now. He has thrown an interception. I think it's three weeks. That is mind-boggling. It's like I I don't even know how to explain it. The interception he threw on Sunday from the end zone, getting sacked. Where he kind of pushes it like a shot. I, I, I don't understand it. And, and then the week before, he had that flick where, dude, wh- who are you flicking the ball to? That – 
you know, for Carson Wentz, I'm sorry, Jay, because I, I I know you 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 love Carson Wentz, but and, and he's if you take out some of those interceptions he's just thrown, overall if you look at his numbers, they're not awful terrible numbers. He wasn't turning the ball over, but you want to talk about you want you're saying he's a top quarterback in the NFL. Top quarterbacks in the NFL don't make those interceptions week after week and make it three three weeks in a row. I'm sorry, they don't they don't do that. Even Patrick Mahomes, you can say he's in a slump right now. But you know what? He's got 10 interceptions, but he's also got 20 touchdowns. And and we know what, what he can do with the quarterback. He's he's in a funk right this second. And, and he's made some bad judgments, but he's made bad judgments down the field. He, I, he had one pitch I think he tried to do, and he did one of those, and it was an interception. That, that can happen to anybody. But three we weeks in a row. We need to all on Patrick Mahomes because right now there there's more going on than I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because it, it, it's hard to explain what's happening with Mahomes. When you go back to Wentz and you look at Carson Wentz and what he's doing on the field, it every week it, the the Eagles organization says, "Yes, we were right in the decision we made." Right, Jay, you can say all you want. You know, we laugh and we joke, but Carson Wentz is playing himself out of the league with his decision making and the way he's playing. Any quarterback can put up decent numbers, right? It's what happens on the other side. And, you know, you look at Jameis, again, you know, all that happened this week, horrible, horrific injury to Jameis, done for the year, right? And But you look at what he did before when he was in Tampa. He was running himself out of the league. And basically he did because if you think about it, when he was a free agent, when he was a free agent um, – he didn't have all those offers coming in. Coming in, he had to settle for you know the Saints offer to play behind Drew Brees, and it worked out because it gave him an opportunity to play for you know play for Peyton, sit behind Brees, and then take that next step. That doesn't happen all the time, right? So often these guys make these bad decisions, right? With and you don't know what they're thinking, right? With Jameis, I think he thinks he can play hero ball, and I think. In a very perverse way, so does Carson Wentz, right? Has to make a play and sometimes just take the sack, yeah. right? If you take the safety, you give your defense a chance to protect five points, right? Yeah, if right, you, right. If you take yeah. a sack, you punt the ball and, and you move on to live another day. Yeah, look, the safety gives you momentum. A touchdown really is a momentum because now you're laughing at that quarterback, right? You're going to the sidelines and everybody's saying, what a joke, a safety. Okay. Your line, your line got overtaken. You got sacked for the quarterback. It, it is what it is. There's a momentum there, but it's not like, Oh my God, we own this guy now. Now Carson Wentz throws that interception. Now he's got to be thinking about it on the side. There's so much impact to that bad play. And it's going to be curious with the Colts and, and it, how they finish the season. If they finish that season like a six and eleven type season, do they look to draft a quarterback? Oh, for sure. They think they will, right? Of course, um, sure. Because they're stuck with that contract right now, right? They they own that contract until until it's up, unless they were to cut them or whatnot. But again, that trade doesn't work. Your Colts, the Colts roster, at least on the defense side of the ball, it's like a win now, right? They're, they're a, a win now. Not that I think they're a Super Bowl contender, right? But in their organization view, in fairness, they think they're contending. They could win that division title. They could win a playoff game or two. Like, they're they're competing for that right now. Like, the Jets are not in that in that mode. The Colts are. And and with Carson, it's just not working. I don't think it's going to work. I, I they're, they're, misguided. They're, they're misguided if they're of that same mindset. They, they are complete. They're fooling themselves. They're fooling the fan base. They're fooling everybody. Stevie D, yeah. let, let, let me segue over to my Buffalo Bills. Uh, so for all the Bills Mafia who went into this week thinking, all right, so we went down to South Florida. You know, we, we just dominated, laid a goose egg, and now we're coming off of a bye. We're at home. I don't know what happened in that first half, right? And, and truth be told, the defense played a great game defensively. I think that there were spots where they were a little shoddy, but, you know, in the Leslie Frazier, Ben, don't break, right? At the end of the day, you're going against Tua. They didn't break. 
But offensively is where every Bills fan, every member of Bills Mafia expects to see results, right? I'm okay with the occasional three and out. I'm okay with the opening three and out, right? But when I start seeing you go three and out, three and out, three and out, when I start seeing the play calls that are happening and you start scratching your head like, what in the world are you calling? I, I don't have an answer for it, right? I gave the excuse a couple weeks ago, and not that it was an excuse because I don't want to diminish it, but I know Brian Dable was going through some family issues, right? He had just lost his grandfather for that one. You know, I, I get that. This is, We're two weeks later. I'm not sure if you're still thinking about that. I don't know what was going in the game plan. I do know what was going in the game plan, and that's what I don't know what was going in the game plan of CBD, and it doesn't sound right. What was going into the game plan is that you resurrected a game plan from last year that part of it worked this year, right? The, you, you had the deep post. You had these routes that were, you know, 15 intermediate routes that were 15, 20 yards, right, where you're dragging all the way across the field, right, but you were breaking the zone. And there were pockets, right, regardless of Miami's def defensive backs, there were pockets that Josh was able to throw, and you're hitting big plays, whether it be to Diggs or to Sanders or or Gabriel Davis or whoever it was, right? And so in your mind, you're like, well, we'll do that again. Well, hold on, Brian Dable. For as much as we disrespect the Dolphins, right, it's still a professional organization. Those are professional coaches that are sitting over there. Sure, their fans may be going at them saying, you know, what are you doing? Why are you calling this? Blah, blah, blah. But they're still professionals over there. And they had a top defense last year, right? So why wouldn't they look at what happened in the was it, second game of the season? Why don't they look at what happened then? Why don't they look at what happened the previous times in last year and say, you know what? We're going to do something a little different so that they can't beat us with that. And I'm willing to bet that they thought, there's no way Buffalo's going to call that same game plan that they did last year. And you do the exact same thing. And you know what the result of that is, Stevie D? What's the result? Three to three. That, that's the result. I, I was um, – I saw your score, and I said, what in the world's going on? To the point, I had to check my fantasy because, you know, Josh is my fantasy quarterback. I had to make sure he didn't get hurt. Yeah. Because I, I, it was mind-boggling to me that uh, they only scored three points at half. And, uh, I mean, obviously the second half turned out to be much different. You, you, you know, you put up some points in the second half. But so you did, right? And, and again, in every scenario, the better team won out. Yeah. Right? The better team won out. You better have won that football game. What's yeah. that? You better have won that football game. Sure. But the, be the better team won. But what happens when you play a team that is equal or maybe just a little less than that? Well, look. You're not coming back with a victory. No, but, but you talk about yeah, look, each game is different, right, in, in, in coaching. Look at the Bengals and the Jet game, right? Nobody had the Jets winning that football game. Nobody, right? And, and the Jets went down. They scored the touchdown, right? The, the, the next play – you know, the next time they had the ball, the Jets had a, had an interception and had a goal line stand. Jacked up the fans, right? They went for it on fourth down. We got a sack. And it just seemed like, okay, we got ourselves a game, and the Bengals are in there for a dogfight all game long, right? And you look at, 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 at your team, it, you guys made adjustments at halftime and were able to show the dominance over, over the Miami Dolphins in the second half. But I was a little worried for you, man. I was saying – you can't lose this game. You cannot do that. You cannot lose this game. So, yeah. I, I think there were others that are running up and down that timeline that this isn't going to happen. Just don't fall susceptible to the trap. Don't allow the record to dictate how you play. Each game, yeah. each play should get you prepared for the next play. They get you prepared for the next game so that you are ready to take on each and every opponent. Don't take the Jaguars lightly. Don't take – no disrespect, don't take the Jets lightly. You're a better team. Well, I'll tell you one thing. If you, got a winner, if you got a winning record, do not take the Jets lightly. Yeah. Well, that's right. your point. The Bengals, uh, I found real quick, 
that a lesser team can come up and bite you, right? But don't, don't do that, right? You, on paper, and this is no disrespect to your Jets, yeah. but on paper right now, you are a oh, better God. team. Play oh, like the better team, right? right? Jets are definitely better. And build that momentum. So, well, we'll see. Uh, a lot. <laughs> you just caught that? Yeah, you, you, you know what, how I caught it? Because all of a sudden I see this grin, and I was like, ah. Oh. So I, I wanted to give you a story, right? It's about your boy. So I'm at, I'm at the day job, right? I'm at the day job. So I, I see my CEO's door open. So go pop it, knock on the door. Hey, what's going on, right? He's at the far end of his office, and as I'm walking in, I look over. This shadow box picture frame picture of your boy wearing his Bucks uni, and it's all a breakdown of his ring. Now, you're probably not supposed to talk to the CEO like this. Probably should not happen, right? What is this? <laughs> well, you don't have to do that. You have to replace it with a Josh Allen one. I, I need to. It, it, well, to, to your point. So I, I went out. I was like, we can't have this here. He's like, yeah, you know, it's a gift. We got to put it up, yada, yada. I'm like, no, no. He, he represents cheating and everything else like that. Are you looking for your TB12 jersey? No. No, go ahead. Your TB12 hat? Is that what you're looking for? <laughs> your your autograph Alex Guerrero syringe? <laughs> yeah, I said it. Your Alex Guerrero syringe. Wow. It wow. Is. Go ahead. Go with your, your story. Wow, Terry. Terry's throwing jabs. She said, this is more than a grenade. Looking for a new job. <laughs> She's back. Anyway, CBD, to, to end the story. So I was like, you can't do that. And he's like, I said, well, you know, we have a sponsor and, and we have a relationship with one of the sponsors of the Buffalo Bills. You know, maybe we should uh, see if we can do something to replace that. He seemed like he was open to the idea, but in typical CEO fashion, he cut you right down like, nope, this is where this is going and this is how this is going. So uh, the good thing is that I will not have to look at that. I told him that and he said, we're okay. So, you know, we, we were able to settle it like gentlemen, but yeah. Wow. I, I was a little disappointed in that. You, uh, you, you got guts, my friend. You got guts. Well, I, I have to say I have one of the coolest CEOs in the world. So I can get away with that. And I have one of the coolest CFOs in the world. So my C-level team, you, you can have a good conversation. They, they treat you with respect. So I, I respect that 100%. But, you know, in, in typical Vince fashion, you have to show some of the passion. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I just need to make sure I know my point and my level. <laughs> because That's sometimes it. you don't want to overstep and then have to kind of walk it back, right? So, Stevie D, uh, we went through a list. It was a crazy week. Absolutely a crazy week. You may have thought that the week, oh, Dana's still on. So here, here, here's the story before we wrap it up. So I got I got the new hot off the presses, you know, right, right from the manufacturer, the official word sports hat, right? Got the logo on there. Went with the went with the classic snapback, right? Got that on there. So loving the hat. So I'm talking to Dana, right? And Dana's like, you should sell those. I'm like, Dana, we can't sell this, but maybe we'll put it out there. So now I told Dana, Dana, you're part of our marketing team, right? Yeah. We, have, we have Terry that that's, that is a diehard. Terry, we need you to continue to push the show, right? Dana, we need you to be in charge of marketing, right? We need you to, first of all, we need you to wear the, the gear, right? And then help us promote by selling the gear, right? Look at this. You know, the logo looks really good in here. I think I may try to get something in the back because I, I usually like to wear my hats backwards, DVD, so we have nothing here, right? So I may get the fitted and put the little logo back there. But uh, anyways, uh, as we wrap up this show, oh, from Dana, 
Licensed gear coming soon. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. But uh, but as we uh, get ready to wrap up the show, uh, definitely want to say uh, thank you to all that helped make the show great. You know, if, whether or not you contribute during the show or after the show, want to thank Terry. Want to thank Mrs. D. Want to thank Dana. Certainly uh, agree and, and just happy to have you guys here part of the show and all the others who have joined the show, L and and Dave Copeland and, and others. Um, Again, if you want to listen to us, catch us on your favorite podcasting platform. You can always catch us uh, on YouTube and uh, hit us up at Twitter, at Real OW Sports. Send us a tweet. Let us know what you want us to talk about. For my co-host, Stevie D, I'm Vince. We'll talk to you soon.